Teachings that do not speak of pain have no meaning, because humankind cannot gain anything without first giving something in return. In alchemy, to obtain something, something of equal value must be lost. This is Equivalent Exchange. Welcome to Equivalent Exchange, a podcast about Full Metal Alchemist by Hiromu Arakawa. I'm Kayla. I'm Ellen. I'm Cosm. <laughs> you, sound... you sound sad about it. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds disappointing. I'm... I could be Roy, I could be Envy, I could be <laughs> I could be anyone I want to be, Not but I'm just me. <laughs> I know, we're almost done. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is going to be a little late when this actually comes out, but uh, it's the 20th anniversary of Full Metal Alchemist this week, guys. <gasps> oh, wow. Whoa. You mean this week, this week that we're recording? Oh, yeah, yes, I guess it'll, it'll recording. come out Saturday or whatever, so yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Yeah, it'll come out like next Saturday, I think, or we want to head... Uh, yeah, you're, oh, you're right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Film Alchemist came out originally July 12th of 2001. Oh, exciting. Mm-hmm. Speaking did you of guys which, see the, uh... did you, yeah, did you see the announcement? Because I definitely didn't. What was in the <laughs> announcement? Uh, there's a couple of different things. Nothing like huge, huge. Um, okay. But they're apparently going to do a Film Alchemist mobile game later this year. Oh, <laughs> That'll probably Maybe be Japan only, though. But <laughs> mm. uh, Those bastards. I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I think they're preparing like a like a special like book or something and Arakawa did a new illustration which is based off like one of the very first promo images she did of Full Metal Alchemist which is cool Ooh. um what I'm most excited about is a is uh Arakawa announced uh, her next project which is a there's not very much information to it but there's like a preview image and it looks cool it looks all like uh fantasy-ish which is fun because I it's like it's not um, about cows yeah I like Silver Spoon a lot but it's fun to go back to fantasy i think oh yeah wow there's some like beast guys i think or those are might just be like gargoyles in the background and not mm-hmm. actual characters but yeah they look sort of, they look like um like sort of like chinese lions style mm-hmm. kind oh, of cool. things um so yeah i'm excited to see another like action fantasy series from arakawa i'm sorry i was distracted looking at everything in the article yes i'm excited mm-hmm. nice <laughs> there's only so much we can read about cows <laughs> <laughs> I haven't actually read Silver Spoon, but I want to. Perhaps mm-hmm. after. It's very good. I haven't finished it yet. I'm close to finishing it, but mm-hmm. I got distracted like last year sometime when I was <laughs> <laughs> reading through it again. Mm-hmm. Well, soon you'll have time because soon we'll be done with FMA, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? That's how it works. Unfortunately. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe the new fantasy series will be cool mm-hmm. and exciting. Mm-hmm. But then again, what could be more exciting than overthrowing your own government, right, guys? Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> On that note, this week we're discussing chapters <laughs> 94 and 95. Very nice segue. <laughs> I'm I'm doing my best work today. Because <laughs> I do my best work when I'm exhausted, obviously. <laughs> Chapter 94 opens on the streets of Central, where all the ordinary citizens are wondering what exactly is going on in their city. Inside a little cafe, a man suddenly bursts through the door, shouting for them to turn on the radio and to tune it to Radio Capital because something amazing is happening. Hurry up before the military shuts down the broadcast. The man by the radio protests that that station is boring, but obediently turns the knob. And what they hear is Mrs. Bradley being interviewed, describing how the Central City soldiers tried to kill her. Some of Roy's men stand on guard behind her, while others duck behind a barricade they put up on the entrance to defend against the Central troops trying to break in and shut them down. As the interview continues, we see people all around the country listening to the broadcast, murmuring to themselves their sympathy for Mrs. Bradley, and wondering if there really is someone besides the Fuhrer running things right now. Over at Havoc's general store, he gives a satisfied smile as he hears Mrs. Bradley say, 
If Colonel Mustang hadn't saved me, who knows what would have happened. Back at the station, Maria and Fury whisper to each other about how no one has told Mrs. Bradley about Salem's true identity or the Fury's disappearance, and Breda steps forward to get the interviewer's attention. He holds a mic out to him, and Breda announces, The First Lady hasn't heard about it yet, but a few hours ago, someone bombed the train the Fuhrer was riding in. The Fuhrer himself is currently missing. Mrs. Bradley near collapses in shock, and there's a brief commotion as the station workers worriedly check on her. Then Breda continues, For some time now, Colonel Mustang has been suspicious of certain backroom meetings at high command. He's been convinced that some of the members have been plotting something. Now we know what. A faction at high command is trying to depose the Fuhrer. At said high command, one of the higher-ups is called into the station and is screaming in fury for them to shut down the broadcast or face serious consequences. We don't have a choice! They've taken hostages! They have guns pointed at the crew! The station manager cries, relaxing in his chair while his very much not-taken-hostage crew laughs quietly around him. There's just too many of them, he adds, gesturing into the recording booth for the broadcast to continue. The general demands to speak directly to Mustang instead, which Fury quickly gestures no to. So the manager summons up his best acting skills and cries, Hey, what the? Ah, I'm sorry, don't shoot! And sharply hangs up. <laughs> the crew excitedly continues the broadcast, crowing that the media will never cave to political power. I really enjoyed the radio station crew. I enjoyed mm -hmm. it a lot. <laughs> Maria Ross takes up the mic next, giving an impassioned speech. Colonel Mustang and we who support him, meager as our efforts might be, have taken it upon ourselves to carry out the will of the Fuhrer. And for the sake of justice, we are prepared to give our lives to stop these evil men from corrupting our great nation. One of those listening to the broadcast is Denny Brosh, and his eyes go wide at hearing this speech. What? No way, he mumbles in disbelief. That voice, it can't be. And out east, General Grumman grins as he also listens in. With Bradley gone, we're free to take advantage of the power attached to his name, he says, laughing. But how bold of you to use the word justice. Hopefully the people will take the bait. Back in the studio, Breda is also teasing Maria over the same thing. I can't believe you use such a vague, frivolous word like justice. I'll use whatever word I need to, she says with a shrug. Everyone loves that word, don't they? It has a nice ring to it. Another of Mustang's men agrees. Whoever says it first wins. Justice. Hey, I did it. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Felt the nose game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Out on the streets, all the discontented talk stirred up by the broadcast has reached as far as the central city slums, and some of the newly arrived Ishvalans take the opportunity to add to it. Mustang's men speak the truth. We just arrived from the east and can tell you it's a fact that the Fuhrer's train was blown up. This adds fuel to the fire, and the Ishvalans smile as talk of High Command's supposed coup continues to spread. Up on the walls of the HQ building, a soldier gripes about why the commando units on the ground haven't managed to defeat the attackers yet. His subordinate tells him that the enemy is apparently better equipped than they expected, making their troops go on the defensive. The soldier scoffs at the idea that they could actually pose a threat, then decides to blatantly tempt fate by saying, it's not as if they have a tank. <laughs> <laughs> they immediately get a panic call from their commandos, who urgently report, those Briggs guys, they even brought a... before getting cut off by dying. <laughs> <laughs> How rude of them. <laughs> you, you confirmed that by checking the number of soldiers in the back, like the drawing in the back of the book where there's like yeah. people going to heaven or whatever. <laughs> I was like, what soldiers died when I looked at it? Like, ah. Yes. <laughs> it's like everyone that Briggs soldiers came up against. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yes. <laughs> Even brought a what? The soldier demands to obviously no response. He runs to the wall and picks up his binoculars to look out onto the streets, where, sure enough, there is a tank. <laughs> the tank takes aim and fires at HQ. 
It's not as though they have a tank. It's like one of my favorite lines. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. I was like, but they definitely had those crazy tanks in their like research mm-hmm. thing, and then you flip the page, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, there's the tank. <laughs> <laughs> of course, they have a tank. Mm-hmm. So and that's the last laughing we're gonna do for a little while. Yeah. Well. Mm-hmm. The rest is serious. Mm-hmm. Why'd you just laugh? I just said it was serious. <laughs> Back underground, everyone is still reacting with horror to Envy's reveal of just how they killed Hughes. But Roy's horror has turned rapidly into a deep, burning rage. Scar, full metal, I'll handle this, he says to his companions. This prey is mine. Gerso, unaware of all the backstory here, is eager to take that offer and get the heck out of there. Envy tries to cut off his escape route. But they only get a few words into their taunting threat before Roy keeps to his own threat and sets their tongue on fire. Ouch. Wow. Yeah. Finally, yeah. someone managed to shut Envy up, though. <laughs> yeah, it turns out you just have to literally set their tongue on fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no big deal. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Envy drops to the ground in pain, and Roy taunts, Can you really afford to be talking to them when you got me to deal with? Judging by how much you run your mouth off, I'm guessing you have a rather fat tongue. That must be why it burns so well. Ed steps closer to Riza, who is still standing just behind Roy. Lieutenant, are you sure the two of you can handle this? He asks. She frowns, looking uneasily at Roy, but says, We'll manage somehow. If we can't, then... She trails off and tells Ed to go. He hesitates, but Darius drags him off, assuring him that the colonel will be fine. There's no way he'll lose to that homunculus. Ed frowns deeply as they head through the large set of doors. It's not Mustang losing that worries me. Darius is confused by this, but Scar seems to get Ed's meeting. Back with the others, Envy has recovered enough to resume sneering. So, you've been hunting for Hughes' killer all this time. What a loyal friend you are. As a sign of my respect, I'll fight you using my true strength. The room crackles with energy as they transform back into their giant, monstrous form, warning that it's not easy to hold back like this before lunging forward. But Roy isn't intimidated, immediately retaliating with another burst of fire, this time targeting Envy's eyes. Envy rears back, screaming in pain, while Roy coolly taunts, How does it feel to have all the fluid in your eyes boiled away? The pain must be excruciating, no? And before Envy can do more than grit out a few words in response, Roy transmutes again, completely engulfing them in fire. Thanks for giving me a bigger target, Roy says, then watches Envy struggle for a moment before snapping, Get up, you monster! Hurry up and heal yourself! I'll make you suffer this pain again and again until you stay dead. Envy grimaces as they stare at Roy. So this is the fire that killed Lust, they think. Then slam their tail into the wall, raining debris onto the battlefield and creating enough cover to transform back into their human-like form and make a run for it, through the door and deeper into the tunnels. Roy shouts for Envy to stop and takes off after them. You wait here, Lieutenant, he calls back to Riza. I'll take care of that thing on my own. Riza calls after him, but he doesn't stop. She holds her position for a few moments, then darts into the tunnels after him. Because they're in love. (laughs) Actually, in this case, I think it's because they made their their promise. But anyway, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a form of love. <laughs> yeah, there's some kind of weird mutually codependent relationship. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean love. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely on uh, high display in these chapters. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Meanwhile, the rest of our group is winding their way through the tunnels, with May guiding them through the tight tube and wire filled corridors toward the massive life energy she can sense at its center. The Khmeras are unnerved by the feeling. They don't know what May means by saying it feels like an enormous, writhing mass of people, but they can sure tell it's creepy. While they all continue forward, Ed lingers at the back of the group. 
Scar, just ahead of him, notices this and pauses, and Ed says he needs to talk to him. About the flame alchemist, he asks, and Ed nods. As one who was once driven by vengeance, I know what he's feeling, Scar says. That man, sooner or later, those flames of his will burn away his very soul. Back with the fight, if you can call it that, Envy is having a very bad time, hiding behind a wall while they recover from their latest bout of being burned to a crisp, and Roy stalks through the halls, on the hunt. Show yourself, Envy, he shouts. If you don't come out, I'll fill this whole building with fire. Envy grits their teeth in frustration. Like hell you will, they grumble to themselves. I'm not letting your flames anywhere near father's room. They step out of hiding, transforming as they approach Roy from behind. And as Roy whirls around to attack, he finds himself face to face with Hughes. Envy grins as Roy flinches, thinking that this is their chance. But that hesitation only lasts a fraction of a second before Roy sets them alight again. Son of a- you didn't even hesitate to attack your best friend, Envy cries as they burn. Hughes is dead, Roy snarls. He's gone. Your mockery is only adding oil to the fire. As Envy burns again, they think, Damn it, I have no choice. I have to suck it up and engage him up close. His flames are too powerful to use in close proximity to himself. Envy lunges forward, but Roy just switches to a smaller flame, targeting Envy's eyes again, then returns to burning their whole body when they lurch back away from him in pain. Envy, now realizing that Roy can easily vary the power of his attacks, tries to make a run for it again, still burning as they jump down a gap in the floor to a lower level. Elsewhere in the tunnels, Riza holds her gun at the ready as she carefully winds through the maze, looking around for Envy. Up above, a still-recovering Envy grins as they catch sight of her. Roy stalks through another section of the tunnels. He notices someone crouched in the shadows, waiting, and as he rounds the corner, both spring into a fighting pose, Roy ready to transmute and Riza with her gun raised. They both startle and back down, and Roy scolds her for following him when he ordered her to stay behind. She apologizes, saying she couldn't just sit and wait, then asks where Envy is. It got away. Damn it, this place is like a maze. Roy sighs in annoyance, then continues down the corridor. Don't leave my side, Lieutenant. Follow me. Behind him, Riza smiles ominously, then raises her gun to the back of his head. What are you doing? Roy asks in alarm. Who do you think you're pointing that gun at? Who? Don't make me laugh. Riza says. The colonel calls me Riza when we're alone. Envy grits their teeth in frustration as they start to transform back. So that's how it is between you, they grit out as they turn, only for Riza to immediately shoot them in the head. I lied, she says. Thanks for taking the bait, Envy. Now this is the part where you die. She continues to shoot, emptying the gun into Envy, then pulling two more pistols from holsters at her back and continuing with those. Envy struggles to regain their footing against the onslaught and lashes out desperately. The attack grazes Riza's cheek, but it doesn't stop her from smoothly tossing aside the spent pistols and switching finally to the rifle slung over her shoulder. Envy screams in fury as the bullets keep coming, and they finally manage to send a creepy, stretchy soul arm under the tiles to catch Riza off guard from below. They wrap the arm around her and slam her to the ground, then begin to laugh in delight at finally briefly having the upper hand. I'll beat you like a ragdoll and throw you back to your precious colonel. Just in time for said colonel to arrive on the scene and brutally engulf Envy in flames once more. Envy collapses to the ground again, and Roy looms over them, his eyes gleaming furiously out of the shadows. What are you doing to my precious subordinate, he demands. Envy looks genuinely afraid as Roy turns his attention to Riza, scolding her for being reckless. I said I would take care of it, he says, glaring back down at Envy. Envy, shaking and barely able to rise up onto their knees, desperately shouts, Human scum, you dare look down on me! The flames burn through once again, and this time Envy's body doesn't recover. 
The worm-like reduced form emerges as the rest turns to dust and ash. Envy mutters and weakly tries to crawl away, but Roy steps forward and puts his boot on top of them. Is that your true form, you bastard? Roy sneers. Damn, you're ugly. The name Envy means jealousy. I see now that jealousy truly is ugly as sin. Envy, immobilized under Roy's foot, begins to cry and beg for their life, as Roy raises his hand and says, Get out of my sight for good, Envy. But behind him comes the sound of a gun cocking, as Riza stands and holds a revolver to the back of his head. Roy's eyes go wide. What's the meaning of this, Lieutenant? That's enough, Colonel, she says. I'll take it from here, sir. One more flame and it's over. I have no intention of letting you dirty your hands, Roy insists. Lower your gun. Riza refuses, saying she can't obey that order. I'm not joking, Roy shouts. I said lower your gun. Before this can escalate further, another joins the argument, as a spark of alchemy darts along the floor to disrupt the ground under Roy's foot, knocking him off balance and flinging the reduced envy through the air, where Ed catches it. Roy stares in disbelief down the hallway, where Ed stands with Scar. Full metal. Hand it over, he demands. And that's the end of chapter 94. Oh, no. <laughs> chapter 95 picks up exactly where we left off, with Roy telling Ed to hand Envy over and Ed refusing. They glare at each other while Envy makes a brief attempt to escape by gnawing on Ed's hand before remembering that that hand is made of metal. <laughs> that thing needs to die as painfully as possible for what it's done, Roy insists. Hand it over. Ed refuses again, and Roy shouts, Hand it over, Full Metal. If you don't, I'll incinerate your arm along with it. Go ahead and try. I'll take you on, Ed shouts back. Appropriate. <laughs> Typical Ed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but first take a good look in the mirror. With a face like that, how can you expect to leave this country? Isn't that what you've been fighting for, Colonel? Roy continues glaring, but doesn't have an immediate response. Scar crosses his arms and adds, or will you succumb to your rage and fall to the level of a beast? That's your other option. As long as we share the same enemy, I won't try to stop you. I have no right to stand in the way of someone else's vengeance. But I wonder what kind of world can be created by a beast hiding in the skin of a person. Roy's eyes go wide, and behind him, Riza quietly says, I won't let you kill Envy, sir, but I have no intention of letting it live, either. I'll finish it off. Roy practically screams in frustration now. But after all this time, I finally got the killer cornered. I know, Riza shouts back. But right now, your actions aren't for the good of the country or even your own comrades. Cold-blooded hatred, that's what's driving you. Her hand around the gun begins to tremble as she begs. Please, Colonel, you mustn't take that path. Roy clenches his jaw, remembering his long friendship with Hughes. And he says, if you want to shoot me, go ahead. Riza's eyes widen in shock, and he continues... But what will you do after I'm dead? Riza looks down. I have no intention of living on alone. After this battle is over, I will erase my life, along with the secret to flame alchemy that's led good men to madness. Roy grits his teeth harder, his fists clenched and shaking, until he finally, in frustration, lets off a burst of flame alchemy harmlessly into the wall. With that, his shoulders slump, the fight gone out of him. I can't allow that, he says quietly. I'm not losing you, too. Look at me, scolded by a child, preached to by my former enemy, and worst of all, driving you to consider such a thing. What a fool I've been. He turns toward Risa and puts his hand over top of hers. Lower your gun, Lieutenant. I'm sorry. He drops down to sit on the ground, and Risa, sighing with relief, weakly slips down next to him. But Envy isn't having it with this peaceful resolution. You weren't a fool. You were the most honest person here, they shout, with something close to desperation. 
What is this? Some contest to see who can be the nicest? I'm gonna throw up. You humans should just drop the pretense of keeping the moral high ground and listen to your instincts. Colonel Mustang, Scar was trying to kill you, wasn't he? And you, run. Scar killed the parents of your little girlfriend, right? Right? Oh yeah, and the girl in East City whose body was combined with that of a dog. Scar was also the one who killed her, wasn't he? And that war in Ishval that was started by me, Envy. Thanks to me, you got to murder a lot of people, didn't you, Lieutenant Hawkeye? Scar, two of the most efficient killers in the genocide of your people are right here in front of you. Now's your chance. What a group we have here. Keep hating, crying, and killing each other as you writhe in misery. Crawl on the ground like worms. There's no way you insects can live peacefully together. Isn't that right, small fry? But everyone just looks away, uninterested in rising to Envy's bait. And Envy's desperation becomes blatant. Hawkeye! Mustang! Scar! Why? Why, why, why? Damn it! Quietly, Ed interjects. Envy, you're jealous of us, he says, and Envy's flailing stops immediately. Humans are supposed to be so much weaker than you homunculi, but no matter how often we get beaten down, become discouraged, lose our way, come close to falling, and even if we know that it's for superficial reasons, we keep fighting on. We find strength in each other. That's why you're jealous of humans. Envy is silent for a long moment, then suddenly begins struggling hard to break free of Ed's grip. Ed tells him to knock it off and brings in his other hand, but Envy chomps down on a finger and slips away when he jerks back in response. He doesn't know when to give up, Riza mutters, taking aim with her gun. But Scar, of all people, holds up a hand to stop her. It doesn't have much longer to live, he says. And sure enough, Envy is in an even rougher state than the last time we saw their reduced form, struggling to drag their beaten body along the ground. How humiliating, Envy says, laughing weakly. To be reduced to this form by mere humans. To be mocked by you worms. And worst of all, the most pathetic, insignificant one of you. The damn kid actually shows me compassion. It's the ultimate insult. Tears stream from Envy's eyes as they reach within their body and grasp the Philosopher's Stone at their core, slowly pulling it free from the tendrils of flesh built up around it. They laugh weakly once more. Good luck with that superficial morality of yours. Let's see how far it takes you. They crush the nearly spent stone between their hands, and their body starts to fade as it falls to the floor. And Envy's last words are, Goodbye, Edward Elric. It took its own life. Roy says, covering his eyes with his hand. The coward. From there, we cut to the much more lighthearted giant monster attack at Central <laughs> HQ. <laughs> <laughs> no less visually horrifying, though. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this intense um, acting required on my part, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sloth finishes crushing the spike he was impaled on and healing up, just as some more Central soldiers arrive on the upper level. They shout down through the hole to ask what's going on, and the others shout back up for them to hurry up and help them out. The new soldiers rappel down, they catch sight of General Armstrong, who they have orders to shoot, and panic and point guns at her. But Olivier shouts, You're just in time! From this moment on, I'll be taking command of both C and A squads. The newly arrived A squad is very perplexed by this, but the other soldiers just say, We'll explain later, just do what she says. Alex Armstrong picks up the chain that fell from Sloth's severed arm, and Olivier shouts for everyone to duck before he swings it around the room, decapitating several doll soldiers. Olivier tells the new arrivals that the dolls aren't stopped by bullets, and instructs them to sever the upper jaw instead to keep them from biting everyone to death. Organize into groups of two and take at least one of them out, she orders. Show me what you Central City maggots are made of. The soldiers all obey her without question, and they start to make a decent dent in the doll army. 
Sloth watches this in confusion for a while, before slowly remembering that he's supposed to be killing the Lady General. But as he starts to lumber toward her, he finds himself stuck, as Alex has wound the heavy chain around his ankle and is struggling hard to hold him back. You're not going anywhere, he says with effort. Sloth mumbles for him to let go, and swings the chain still attached to his wrist at him, which strikes Alex hard across the face and shoulder. Alex winces, noting that having one of his arms out of commission isn't helping, just as Sloth turns to focus his attacks on him. The other soldiers realize the trouble he's in with his dislocated shoulder and call out for a medic, but the medic has already been killed by the doll soldiers. They watch Alex getting pummeled and shout to Olivier, but she keeps her focus on her own opponents and just tells them to leave it. I trained my younger brother to withstand worse than this. Alex's expression remains fierce and determined as he takes blow after blow from Sloth, and as Sloth winds up for a final hard swing, he turns quickly so Sloth's massive hand strikes his dislocated shoulder, popping it back into place. He immediately strikes back at Sloth, sending him reeling back, and triumphantly cries, My shoulder's fixed! <laughs> <laughs> Covered in blood, but still yeah. gleaming. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Hmm, good, Olivia shouts with pride as Alex charges forward, turning the tide of the battle. He pummels Sloth with a series of hard, fast punches, then finishes off with an alchemical attack that pins the homunculus on a bed of spikes from the floor. You see what happens when my perfect muscles and superior alchemy come together in collaboration? An excellent and elegant victory. <laughs> Indeed. His mouth cannot get a break. <laughs> is, that the, is that the third time? Or is it only the second? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's been multiple times, I think. I think there's been a lot yeah. off screen, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> off page? Off page. <laughs> Meanwhile, some central soldiers have gone to investigate the Armstrong mansion only to find it completely empty, save for some mechanical equipment and tread marks in the dirt outside. Damn it, so this is where those bastards assembled their tank. That tank is currently firing on the main gate and doing heavy damage. The soldiers on the wall urgently call into the command post to report this, and the officer in charge grumpily tells them to stop shouting, as he can see the damage very well from where he is. This guy's kind of a dick. Yeah. <laughs> this is uh, Commodore whatever the fuck his name was. Yeah. <laughs> 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 He's just a, an a what's the an asshole as Commodore Norrington. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Without the character development. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he, I have a feeling he won't live long enough for that. At <laughs> this rate. Mm-hmm. He orders all troops to return fire, though his subordinates protest that they haven't finished evacuating the civilians in the area yet. If we wait for that, we'll lose the gate, he snaps. He starts to repeat the order, and then the wall is suddenly blown in by a large explosion. A chainsaw emerges from the dust, and Captain Buccaneer pins the officer to the wall with his automatic arm. You're really going to open fire in the direction of the civilian sector? He asks with a smug smirk. Do you want that to be broadcasted on the radio, too? The officer demands to know how Briggs' troops got in here. Funny story, Lieutenant Henschel answers, gesturing over his shoulder toward Fallman. We got a guy here who used to work in HQ. You send people to Briggs you want to forget, but he certainly remembered how to find you guys. Buccaneer adds, also, we had a little help from someone who made a tunnel here all the way from the civilian sector. The officer sputters that that's impossible, and Buccaneer says that it actually wasn't hard for her at all. Who was it? The officer demands, and his answer strides proudly out of the cloud of dust. When someone asks, I usually say, I'm a housewife. Call me old-fashioned. But today, I'm feeling a little sassy. Izumi crosses her arms and declares, I'm an alchemist. Mm-hmm. That's the end of chapter 95. Yay! Yay! She's back. <laughs> As soon as I saw the slippers, I was like, hey, yeah. <laughs> I don't need an introduction, although I appreciate the sassy mm-hmm. introduction. <laughs> like today, I'm feeling a little sassy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I meant to make a joke about that at the beginning, but I totally forgot because I'm tired, not feeling sassy. <laughs> not feeling sassy. <laughs> no, nope. 
<laughs> you know where the scene where Envy turns into Roy? I thought that Envy turned into Riza at first. Mm-hmm. And then I was it's like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed it, though. I was mm-hmm. like, you got me. You got me, Arakawa. Mm-hmm. And then when Riza's like, yeah, when we're alone, he calls me Riza. And I'm like, does he? I swear I've <laughs> never doesn't. seen yeah. that. Yeah. And then he, I was like, oh, okay, like, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we decided, we've discussed before that calling calling them each other by their military titles is their pet names for each other. Mm-hmm. Codependent, romantic yeah. pet names for each other. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I actually do think that's pretty interesting because, like, we see that brief flashback when he was um, her father's student and he actually does call her Riza in that scene. That's right. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> it would have been really weird if he called her lieutenant then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like he could have called her, like, Miss Hawkeye or something. But yeah. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, she was, like, younger or whatever. Also, they were, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, it's, like, a different relationship, I guess. Like, when Mm -hmm. they're in the... Mm -hmm. After he met her again, she was a different person, right? Yeah. So... Yeah, Yeah, it's just kind of an interesting, like, development in their long and complicated relationship. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. True. Complicated is one word for it. Yeah. (laughs) After this chapter, I'm leaning more toward codependent, but Mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think that's been evident for a while. This is just Mm -hmm. the... Like the most blatant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They made a promise. She mm-hmm. was trying to live up to her promise. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Well, yep. you can like, you can shoot me if you if I do something dumb or whatever the fuck he said. I don't remember. You know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about? Everybody yeah, knows the what whole I'm like, about. yeah, the like, I'm entrusting my back to you conversation. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah. like entrusting my back to you means you can shoot me in the back at any time. And... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why he said it now. Mm-hmm. But then she was like, "Well, if I." He's like, what are you going to do if you kill me? And she's like, well, I'm planning to kill myself also. It's like, uh, I wasn't expecting Mm -hmm. that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Although I wasn't not expecting that Mm -hmm. because of the codependent Mm -hmm. nature of their relationship. Mm -hmm. Then I was like, I guess they really can't live without each other. Like, they kind of need each other, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why that's what makes Roy back down immediately. Like, Mm -hmm. well... I mean, I think I think the the emphasis on her like getting rid of her body, you know, the the I mean, I guess it is scarred and burnt, but it's uh, it's where he learned the flame alchemy, mm-hmm. and like, I, I guess the way of being like, I feel responsible for this. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, like, I don't want to say it's he's she's like guilting him, but like, I don't know, implying that like, she feels responsible for having him letting him get this far because she taught him the flame alchemy something like that i don't know mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah. yeah i mean she already had him okay. like burn part of it because she said like yeah. i want to make sure that there's never another flame alchemist after mm-hmm. Ishval. So. yeah and i think this time yeah. we finally really got a taste of like what roy actually did and learned how to do in Ishval. Mm-hmm. because before he yeah. just like you know basically flame blasted lust until she died like it didn't mm-hmm. seem like he mm-hmm. had we didn't see the like level of control and like the thought he put into like torturing envy basically yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah wasn't the same mm-hmm. yeah it's like the yeah. like the fight with lust it's like was purely practical he just kept you know doing like mm-hmm. you know basic big flame attacks until she died but he's mm-hmm. like literally torturing envy to death and yeah, yeah. Like, how chapters. about I blow the water out of your eyes? How yeah. about I burn out your tongue? How about some other mm-hmm. stuff that's incredibly yeah. painful? 
I like the way it's done too, because it's like when it starts, you're like, yeah, fuck that guy, he deserves yeah. it. But then like oh, it's like yeah. it goes on and on. You're like, okay, this the is guy. getting a little much. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and also, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, well, even during this recording, I was like, yeah, that's right. Somebody finally shut Envy up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great yeah but then it, then he does it again and it's like uh okay like mm-hmm. what's behind this and the part that act- that made me feel most sympathetic for envy was which was probably the only time i felt sympathetic for envy at all at any point in this was when uh envy thought these are the flames that killed lust or whatever because mm-hmm. it seemed like they all kind of had some kind of attachment to lust yeah especially gluttony yeah. but they all kind of seemed to like respect her or whatever and mm-hmm. so envy being like oh like somebody else felt this pain before it was like yeah mm-hmm. at least that's the way that i choose to interpret mm-hmm. what they were thinking but mm-hmm. yeah i was like uh like because now they know what's coming right so yeah anyway mm-hmm. like i said i feel like that was the only time i really felt any kind of sympathy for envy yeah. no knowing that mm-hmm. they were going to be tortured and hunted mm-hmm. down yeah basically yeah and like how like the whole thing it's like it doesn't rely on you feeling sympathetic for Envy. It's purely on your, like, your, it's purely about Roy, like, your attitude mm-hmm. toward Roy in these chapters. Well, and it's, like, in addition still... to it, like, going, like, him going, like, way too far with it, it's, like, the way he's drawn is, like, more and more monstrous. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, his face is really <laughs> fucked up the whole time. Yeah. And he's, like, dark, he's shown in shadow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Scar even comments on it. And when Scar is commenting on somebody's, somebody going too far with their vengeance, you're like, ah, yeah. they really have gone too far. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he even gets like the like villain glowy eyes bit in one of the mm-hmm. scenes. Like, mm-hmm. it kind of reminds me of the like the thing in Ishval where they're talking about like how they have the eyes of a murderer now. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, Scar described him as being like a beast, mm-hmm. like an animal. It's kind of funny because when we first met Roy, we were all like, you know, it's kind of questionable like how you're supposed to feel about him. Like, is he overly mm-hmm. ambitious? Or whatever, but Roy really walks like a fine line of being a character that you can feel like that you're like, are you behind them like ethically or not? You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's why he told Riza to watch his back and pre- mm-hmm. prepared to mm-hmm. shoot him if he goes off the rails. Mm-hmm. She... And she almost had to. She had to mm-hmm. kill him too. But in the end, Envy killed themselves. Their self. Yep. Themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you gotta admire Envy for. Managing to go out in like the most spiteful way possible, still. <laughs> yeah. Like you little fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you little shit. I can't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I refuse to let any of you worms kill me. So bye. Mm-hmm. It's like really. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, the most spiteful way possible. Mm-hmm. I did like that they were finally like, "Envy, you're just like jealous of humans and how we mm-hmm. we 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 find strength in each other. Like we need each other." That's the difference between, like, humans and, you know, whatever, the homunculi or, you know, humans and other things, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we talked a long time ago about how it seemed like part of the message of this is that you can't really be successful by yourself. Like, mm-hmm. and I think, like, that message, humans trying to strengthen each other, is related to that kind of mm-hmm. overall theme. Like, people need people to help, people need to help each other, people need other people's help, people work better in a group. Yeah. They yeah. are better. People are better when they're supported by others, right? Mm-hmm. It used to be that we talked about that theme with like people like Pinina or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. Once she was able to like help and be connected with other people, then she became a better person, right? Now we're talking yeah. about yeah. all these other people like Scar. Now he's part of the the gang. Mm-hmm. 
not only is he like not on his doesn't seem to be on his quest anymore to kill everybody but now he's also kind of like paying it forward by trying to stop Roy too mm-hmm. so yeah yeah he's like he spent he's far enough away from that like vengeance quest to be able to tell Roy like that is not a place you want to live mm-hmm <laughs> <laughs> And he also, like, almost, like, believes in Roy, too, where he's like, I don't think that the person who can, like, run this country should be acting like this or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, do you want to be that kind of person when you, you know, or to defeat the enemy or whatever? Yeah. And you also have Ed, like, specifically seeking, like, Scar's, like, like help in this whole scenario Mm -hmm. after he'd been, like, really grumpy about working together with Scar all this time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. True. I feel like Ed's little, like, speech to Envy is also somewhat inspired by... Like what Riza told him after the, mm. the Ishval War flashbacks, the whole like, like you have to keep on fighting, like for the people you love, kind of thing. He's talking mm-hmm. about the whole, like no matter what happens, we keep fighting and we find strength in each other. And... Mm. Yeah, that's true. I never really thought about it until this time, but I think there's a little bit of a parallel in um, the scene where Roy like puts his hand over Riza's on the gun to like the the Ed and Winry scene earlier on. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's yes. Okay. Yes, <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. Yeah, because it's kind of in this case, it's kind of a little bit different, I guess, because like Ed was stopping Winry from shooting mm-hmm. because she herself she would be different in this case. Roy is stopping her because like he feels like he's you know better than that or whatever should be different. Yeah, it's like it's a different scenario, but I think there's like a definite same like visual. Yeah parallel there true mm-hmm. well it's a, and, i mean it's i think i think the message was the, yeah. yeah the message mm-hmm. is the same mm-hmm. if you if you do this you know you're gonna perpetuate that cycle of hatred yeah. and mm-hmm. all that yeah i did oh, you mentioned it earlier but i enjoyed the radio scene also mm-hmm. where they're like oh yeah, yeah, no yeah. we're being shot at oh they're they have guns to our heads we can't stop the <laughs> broadcast now mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i love the radio broadcast it's so smart it's a great idea. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My first note that I wrote for when I was reading this says, "Oh shit, the radio!" Like, <laughs> it's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, because mm-hmm. they can change the story. Like, they can shape mm-hmm. the story. Yeah. yeah, it's perfect. It's funny because like we had like way back when, like they were starting it when they were like, they're like, "What's Roy's team going to do?" And Olivia's like, "Well, I would get control of the president's wife or Fuhrer's wife." <laughs> mm-hmm. If you're a president, you mean. Yes. <laughs> and they're yeah. like, why would they do that? That doesn't make any sense. And Because they're dumb. And Olivia, well, they don't... Olivia is smart. Huh? Yeah. Well, I think the... I mean, it's somewhat shown with... In the, like, NBC here, but I think one of the big fatal flaws of the monkey lie is they don't understand humans. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's like they had... You know, they didn't know. It's like, obviously, human beings are going to respond to the, like, story they're told. And if you have... Mm-hmm. If you have the Fuhrer's wife on your side, you can control that story really easily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think they also think that humans are like bugs, like they can just overpower them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so that's the thinking with this, like, soul army, is you would just be able to take out anybody that you want, but, mm-hmm. you know, like, humans supporting other humans are able to destroy them as well. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is why I think you see the human higher-ups are like, shut the fucking radio down. Like, yeah, they know yeah, it's yeah. not <laughs> what they want mm-hmm. to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. The whole plan's out of their control now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't think the promise day is going to go according to plan. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, they mean it, but also they know that you can, like, use it mm-hmm. to, you know, control 
the message by using mm-hmm. this specific kind of like vague but positive word, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, we're mm-hmm. bringing justice or whatever. But I like how mm-hmm. then in the background they're like, well, everybody loves that word, don't they? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's really funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> An interesting observation about people by Arakawa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. And Danny heard Maria's voice on the radio. I know, most yeah. important of all. None of the other crap about controlling the story mattered. What <laughs> Denny Rush heard Maria Ross's voice. Mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, ooh, it's happening. <laughs> I was like reading them part. I was like, oh, that's so sweet. And I was like, you remember when these were just like the poor over their in over their head bodyguards dead now way back at the beginning of the story mm-hmm. yeah we were all more innocent back then that's for mm-hmm. sure <laughs> i feel like i've really changed as a person since reading this story mm-hmm. <laughs> and briggs brought a tank because of course they did yeah. didn't they say they like assembled it in the basement or whatever i thought yeah they said in the chapter yeah mm-hmm. i was like that's funny yeah could fit a whole tank in this basement, right? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I fucking hate it when you come here. <laughs> you could hide a person behind this curtain. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just <laughs> go throughout the entire house. Like, Get out of here, Roy. <laughs> I enjoyed Lady Olivier and Alex Armstrong's continuing fight. I mm-hmm. was just like, yeah. everybody shut the fuck up and you guys and fight these things. And they're like, okay, I guess. Yeah. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, you see her um, skills as a leader on display again. Mm-hmm. She just immediately takes mm-hmm. charge of the fight. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. She's like, okay, you got to chop him in the head. Mm-hmm. T- two, mm-hmm. Split up in pairs. You better kill at least one. Mm-hmm. The end. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, she like, does the, they... like, like, show me what you guys are made of. Like, uh-huh. mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, 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 yeah we're yeah. gonna do it. <laughs> but I like that they 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 jump in, they point the gun at her, and then they're like, oh shit! <laughs> like, it's yeah. really great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like how they keep I like it. the soldiers that are already there. Are like, I like, we'll explain just later. Do just what do what she says. says. Do what she says. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Alex Armstrong was getting getting sloth to do the work of popping his shoulder back in. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's good thinking. Yeah. That kind of thinking has been passed down the Armstrong line for generations. <laughs> <laughs> I hear. <laughs> Along with that, it was it was interesting to, to see for once like a, a true sign of respect and admiration yeah. for him from Olivier. Uh, Olivier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like she's she was like, like, don't worry about it. That. He'll be fine. And then yeah. Like, but then, mm-hmm. then when he gets to go, and she's like, yes, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It was great. Yeah. She's like, I didn't train you to be a wuss. Get your shoulder yeah. pop back in or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it was cute. I mm-hmm. like that. And I did enjoy their constant sparkling in the mm-hmm. midst of a, a fight. <laughs> yep. Very important. The sparkling has definitely been passed on the Armstrong line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Apparently it just rubs off on people who get too close to them, too, like the flower lady. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Alex usually has like multiple sparkles, but Olivia always mm-hmm. has like just one little one. Just one. Like, <laughs> understated mm-hmm. sparkling. Mm-hmm. She's hiding her true sparkle level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like that she, or not, I like that he was like an excellent and elegant victory or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Only you, Alex Armstrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
in his Umi's back, which is great. It's mm-hmm. been a little while. Yeah. I guess that makes yeah. sense because she was in Briggs, so they probably yeah. brought her with them. So she's mm-hmm. just been hanging out with the Briggs troops like I all bet these she months. Loved him. <laughs> and I bet mm-hmm. they loved her. I bet they're all best friends with her now. Yeah. Oh my god. Do you think she told about her her escapades in the north? She... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that was you. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. They're she probably, probably like we... bears. Yeah. 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 They're probably like we've been missing a really strong female presence <laughs> in our port. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good point. Like now it feels like home. <laughs> yeah, really. Oh, the fort's back to normal now that we have a strong lady leader here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good point. That's funny. Nobody is as sparkly as Lady Olivier, but mm-hmm. you know, Izumi will do. For yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like how she made a tunnel like it was no big deal. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah. no way. The Commodore, Commodore asshole, is like, yeah. look at this. <laughs> Only our homunculi can make tunnels under, under yeah. the <laughs> It's our proprietary tunnel method. Yeah. It's copyrighted. <laughs> the sloth method. <laughs> You'd think it wouldn't work as well, as half as well as it does. <laughs> I don't know what's going to mm-hmm. happen with sloth. The fight's still not over yet, and... It seemed, I mean, although there are many, uh, many doll soldiers down, I assume there's still many, many more. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I guess we'll see what happens in the future. Homunculi are losing ranks, though. That's uh, lust, gluttony, and envy gone. Envy are gone, yeah. Mm-hmm. Pride mm-hmm. is... And greed's defected, so... True. Greed's defected. Pride technically ate gluttony. Yeah. So, yeah. there is that. Pride and <laughs> it's like Greed Ling and Pride Knee. <laughs> hey, where the fuck is Ling? How dare he not be in like the last like six chapters? <laughs> it's like, I'm make... running away to Central or whatever. Like, well, He's got to make you, you want it. He's Greed. True. Well, I do. So there. <laughs> you shiver with anticipation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really happy you also made a time warp. <laughs> reference <laughs> what did I say earlier I already forgot it was a Rocky Horror reference though oh not for very much longer <laughs> I'm glad you heard me and heard my words <laughs> at least I assumed that's what happened Other- otherwise we were just on the same wavelength which was even creepier <laughs> <laughs> now the time warp stuck in my head again <laughs> How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I have any other things. I don't have any other things in my notes. So I guess that means we talked about everything that I wanted to talk about. Oh, that you want to talk about. Sure. (laughs) Okay. What do you want to talk about? I don't have anything. (laughs) Yeah. No, actually, I do have one. (laughs) Okay. Um, Well, I have a a theory and I don't, I think it holds up true so far. (laughs) Okay. No, maybe. Uh-huh. Cuz like I feel like the way that the homunculi die is related to their sin to some degree. Okay? Like gluttony got gluttoned. That's the most obvious. <laughs> <Got> gluttoned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I've heard this theory think, before. <laughs> yeah, envy toyed with humans and that like perfected um that perf- perfected Mustang's technique and really channeled his wrath by killing Hughes. Yeah, I really thought about it, but by starting the Ishval War, Envy kind of created Roy. True. Mm-hmm. Too. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Who would eventually kill them. <laughs> yeah. Envy, Envy's really an interesting 
annoying but interesting character. Yeah. As, even oh, yeah. at the end, being like, I was trying to sow dissent even at the very last second, you know? Yeah, I love they're, like, desperate, like, mm-hmm. screaming at everyone to fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all it's... just like, no. No, mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. We have the power of love. Yeah. We don't need you. <laughs> In the words of the youth, it was very cringe. <laughs> Yeah, envies, envies, jealousy of them and the mm-hmm. way that they had support or whatever in the end. <laughs> you sounded just as disgusted as envy about that. Oh, I'm not a person. <laughs> Did I fool you all this time? <laughs> like, I too am jealous of humans. <laughs> Everyone shut up. <laughs> I haven't done anything to cause dissent, though, so I can't start desperately shouting for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Envy... Uh, so that that jealousy ultimately led... Yeah, Envy envy created Roy, and that ultimately caused Envy's death in the end, essentially. <laughs> Gluttony got gluttoned. <laughs> lust, lust, lust for battle. As well, I thought that mm. was like the way that sometimes she's described or whatever. Not like romantic yeah. lust, but mm-hmm. yeah, like a bloodlust. Yeah, I don't know if a bloodlust lust fits it very well. I don't. I don't know. I think so. I mean, she was consumed by flame, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is often like kind of a metaphor. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. All com- totally consumed. So maybe. At least you could. I can construe it in a literary way. <laughs> <laughs> I can. I see. I feel like it fits. I feel like maybe if I thought about it for more than two seconds, I could put it in words. Mm-hmm. But I think it makes sense. What's yet to be determined is the others. Mm-hmm. If I remember, Wrath died on a train, right? Right. <laughs> right. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Totally. That's why they keep bringing it up over and over yeah, again because he's totally again. out of the picture. <laughs> <laughs> They're like everything's fine now that Wrath's not here, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's missing, missing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's only a matter of. Time. I do like how even in universe, a lot of the characters are like, "I don't believe that fucker's dead." Like, <laughs> yeah, no, mm-hmm. of course not. It's like Grumman's like, "I need to see like, a fucking body before I." <laughs> Wrath is. I feel like the fear is. Um, you know, he has, like, mythical status, kind of like Vladimir Putin does. You know, mm-hmm. he, like, rides bears mm-hmm. and whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. 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 I feel like he's that kind of figure. Like, if you were, like, Vladimir Putin was in a train accident. Huh? He's like, I did not ride bears. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if, if there was, like, a train accident and Vladimir Putin was in, like, some kind of train accident, you'd be like, he's probably fine. He yeah. was, like, in the special <laughs> military and whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. I know things about Vladimir yeah. Putin, guys, really. <laughs> I'm just saying, I guess, like, I think in, in-universe, Fira Bradley yeah. has, has a similar sort of, like, status. Mm-hmm. He's known for his, like, prowess on the battlefield and whatever, right? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure everybody's like, that fucker's not dead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but he's not available, at least, so. Yeah. As far as we know. Yeah. I'm sure he'll be back what with Specialized soon. He's taken. He's gotten Miss Bradley. <laughs> I don't think Mrs. Bradley's going to be with him much longer if, if this keeps up. That's true. <laughs> that is true. For for various reasons. any Anything could happen, actually, at this point. <laughs> <laughs> they win the, like, fight and whatever and destroy all the homunculi. 
And then it's like Wrath and but they leave Wrath so he can be with Mrs. Bradley and they run off into the sunset. <laughs> <laughs> because he only loved her and he actually like picked her out of all the crap in his life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it probably exists. I'm sure there is. I'm sure there's like some great There's people who are somewhat invested in the uh the Bradley family. The Bradley <laughs> family's <laughs> weird <laughs> relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Pride said that he respects Mrs. Bradley, mm-hmm. so it's yeah. moderately interesting. Mm-hmm. And then, it's interesting. I think it's pretty mm-hmm. intriguing that, you know, Rat's like, I chose her out of, mm-hmm. like, all the stuff I didn't get to choose in my life. and I chose my wife. Pride's yeah. like, I do, like, care for her in some way. Yeah. I assume that that's not <laughs> going to be explored that much more. But I like their offhanded comments about her. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or like their thoughts about a human that they're close to. It's very yeah. intriguing. Yeah. Anyway, do you have any other FMA things to say? For about anything to say about these chapters? I do I not. So. I ran out. We went pretty. We're pretty. Pretty solidly point to point to point in this uh-huh. one. So. Yeah. yeah. Very efficient. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. I enjoyed reading it, and by yeah. fun I mean somewhat deeply emotional in the yeah. one part mm-hmm. 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 yeah reading about torture no big deal mm-hmm. it's, fine. it's like when i didn't really think about it until we were discussing it just now it's like when you put it in words like that it's completely different right mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's yeah. roy getting his vengeance and it's like no it's roy just torturing someone like mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. i guess that's the point that scar and ed were trying to make yeah and i like that yeah. all of them were worried like riza was obviously worried about it that's why mm-hmm. she went to follow him so, mm-hmm. yeah, where it's been yeah. on the hunt for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just really love how the how that chapter those chapters flow from like like you start off being like yeah, mm-hmm. get mm-hmm. envy, and then like you start to be like okay, this is a little uh, that's fine. <laughs> well, it's it's another example of how like you go to again, envy wasn't the character that I really felt much for mm-hmm. um, towards the beginning, but by the end, you're just like I didn't I didn't think I would like care for envy this much Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right just i didn't think that i would care that envy is getting tortured to death yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. but i guess i do care more about roy it's like it's it's like kind of about roy yeah it's not even so much that you like care that envy is suffering but it's like you care that roy is doing it yeah true Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but at the same time you do feel a little like i mean both alas poor envy at the end like (laughs) yeah yeah Mm -hmm. just by the very end how pathetic Mm -hmm. and just Mm -hmm. like yeah, like I think like yeah. the bit where like like Roy has has Envy's like bug form under his boot and is yeah like, you're like taunting him it. in like the last yeah. like moments and mm-hmm. Envy's like starting to beg for their life like yeah it's mm-hmm. very like Ugh. yeah it's a bit much mm-hmm. especially because we grew so attached to Envy and kept bug Envy in a jar and everything yeah yeah like, did you grow gonna, attached to Envy did uh, Envy grow attached to you. <laughs> <laughs> like I was gonna keep him until he became a butterfly. <laughs> that's how it works, be... right? <laughs> yeah, especially with Envy. Um, well, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah. Another one bites the dust, and uh, we pulled one of our characters back from the brink. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have to deal with Envy anymore, right? Father's mm-hmm. not gonna make a new Envy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. 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 You got spot on. <laughs> As usual, your your predictions are just... I know Father mm. wants to make a new Envy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what I was going to say... Father's was... like, maybe I'll just make two gluttonies. Yeah, really. 
Gluttony's nice. I like gluttony. <laughs> Envy was always pathetic, is what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. It's just a, Envy's especially yeah, pathetic like, at the end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but definitely in a more uh, sympathetic way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah two gluttonies is fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really, I still can't get over gluttony just like tripping over the trees and stuff and <laughs> fight with pride. <laughs> yeah. Like gluttony is really dangerous, but that was really funny. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're just as derpy as us, the rest of us, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I do like how like almost every like death of a like bad guy has made you kind of be like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm a little sad. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like even if like when... I mean, well, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say, like, I think that's the only time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he also died within like yeah. the same chapter he was introduced. Yeah, so. I wouldn't well, feel true. that sympathetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where yeah. it's like with like, you know, envy and gluttony and lust and you know, like Barry the Chopper, like, wasn't strictly a bad guy by the end. But it's like when they were introduced, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have ever like thought you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, would feel bad when they died. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, lust was kind of the same thing. It was just like so over the top, right? Where yeah, like man, mm-hmm. like, yeah. It was intense, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, and I think she kind of, like, she went in kind of a cool way. Mm-hmm. Like, with yeah. her, like, last words and everything, so you were kind of like, oh, man. What a badass, you said yeah. to yourself. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. With Envy, you were like, oh, Envy. <laughs> yeah, you were like, oh, you're well, so with... tiny and pathetic and just yeah. awful. <laughs> <laughs> Alas. <laughs> yes. What I was going to say, oh, with Lust, I think another thing that made that even more is just how much everyone else seemed to care, like, the homunculus mm-hmm. No, I always feel bad that Gluttony like, was like, oh, lust, or mm-hmm. whatever. When, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like, Gluttony yeah. was devastated, and, like, even Envy was, like, <clears throat> even at the time, like, Envy was mad about it, like, in that scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, screaming at father, they were, like, screaming at father, like, why did you let this happen? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody seemed to like lust for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The favorite homunculus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the line, the... This is the fire that killed lust. Is a really good line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's like you know shit's going down, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? The realization that envy can't just that envy's not going to win this fight. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I guess I did have something else to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you have any other things? Other other things to say? I don't think so. Well, as as you sort of got, not only was it that like lust uh, envy didn't really wasn't going to win, but like they didn't even do anything. They were mm-hmm. they weren't able to do a single thing against Roy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True. And like, yeah, the only thing they did was, it was like it was just so incapacitate yeah, Riza for that. a second. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think you said and back to the fight if you want to call it yeah. that or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And free ran away. Bravely ran away. Away. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm sure that's the last serious and sad moment of the mm-hmm. series. So the rest is just happy trails, right? Of yeah, definitely. Nothing bad's gonna happen yeah. in the next whatever ten chapters or thirteen <laughs> chapters, right? Of course, yeah, thirteen. Mm. Everything's just lighthearted. It's just a. It's just a thirteen <laughs> chapter. There's like one chapter of mm-hmm. everyone saving the day, and then it's twelve chapters of happy epilogue. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was expecting mm-hmm. from this series. <laughs> <laughs> What are we going to read next week? Next week, we are reading 96 and 97. Wow. Shocker. Holy cow. <laughs> I guess if I'm going to be sarcastic about it every time, I should stop asking you, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same. <laughs> well, I should just more like can... of, I should stop being sar- like sarcastic about it. Next week, we're going to read... We know, we know what's happening. Next week, we're going to read 35 and 99. Whoa. 
<laughs> that's 99 <laughs> but i haven't read 96 7 or 8 yet too bad 35 oh. and 99 <laughs> damn it i wonder what happened in 35 so long ago yeah i don't remember <laughs> <laughs> you don't have every single chapter memorized by heart. yeah something clearly important that has to do with 99 we'll yeah we'll find out next week right <laughs> mm -hmm. so yeah 96 and 97 <laughs> mm. okay <laughs> thank you all for listening we will see you next time goodbye bye bye-bye Hear it raining at my house? Is that what that is? Yeah. I think it's wow. raining here it. too. <gasps> wow. Wow. Magic. You, you might hear it's it both magic of, of summer. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel left out. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to pour this water out. <laughs> <laughs> like hold it right up to the mic. Ooh, rain. <laughs> <laughs> it's clearly the sound of water splashing all over his like desk. It's green. <laughs> No more other witty banter today. I hope everybody liked fireworks time at the end of last episode. Oh, no. Two episodes, <laughs> that was two episodes ago. Sorry. I hope everybody liked fireworks time two episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, so now that we ruined my perfect segue. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ready to begin. That was also your fault. You segued oh, away from your it? segue. Because <laughs> you talked about fireworks. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought I was doing my best work. <laughs> I mean, people, most people come here for the banter anyway, right? <laughs> right. So anyway, okay. that's been our episode. What are we reading yeah. next week? <laughs> are you lighting up a cigarette because you're cool? <laughs> I told you not to do drugs. Sound like it. I've been looking at geckos. <laughs> shopping for geckos. Obviously, I can't get one right now because we're moving. But I've been looking at them. Hmm. Admiring their big eyes. Yeah, admiring, and then looking at the ones that are, like, hella expensive and being like, I don't think I want to pay over $1,000 for a fucking gecko, but yeah. I guess it's possible. I'm not breeding them. I don't give a shit what morph it has. Although they bred yeah. these really cool ones that are, like, perfectly black. Like, they're very, they have, like, this really black, black color. Like, Vanta black or whatever that was called. Uh, <laughs> Vanta black. <laughs> no, they're not invisible. Are you kidding? <laughs> Vanta black, that's really funny. That's what I would Have call my black gecko morph. Vanta black. They're, the genetic morph is called azanthic. <laughs> but I think that technically means it doesn't have any yellow pigment or something, but they that makes the mm. they look really dark. Like the blacks look really black. Anyway, mm -hmm. hey, I was that. like, I want to get one of those. And I looked at the price and I was like, I don't need one of those. <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> Have you ever seen something that's Vanta black? It's really bizarre looking. Like I've never not seen something in person, in person. but yeah. I haven't either. I've seen like photos, like YouTube videos, and it just looks like there's like a hole in space and time. Yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> Do you guys read that like, like rivalry thing between the, uh, the person who like, copyrighted Vanta Black and the? Oh yeah, everybody hates them. <laughs> yeah, and the mm. the guy who made the like pinkest pink, pink and was like, yeah. everyone can buy this except for that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, all the art. That's really funny. Somebody so they copyrighted Vanta Black, so you have to like get permission or some kind of special permission to use it in your work. 
And so all the art community was like, fuck you, guy. And then someone made a, some, yeah, someone made that like special pink color. It's just some, it's just pink, but it's like the pink is pink or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like a big fuck you to this person. It's pretty great. Mm -hmm. Artists are weird. Yeah, and you had to like check a box that was like, I confirmed that I'm not this guy if you're buying it. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah.